This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com. Before we get to today's show, a quick announcement. Josh Lajani and I are planning another run, a second bobsled run of the Big Change program starting in November 2016, the beginning of November, so in about three weeks. If you'd like to get on the early notification list, you can just email me at hj at plantyourself.com. That's HJ, short for Howard Jacobson. Now on to today's show. Today's guest is Corey Warren, the Lean Green Dad. He's a plant-based athlete from Orlando, Florida, and he is a dad to three whole food plant-based kids. And his oldest went plant-based with them when she was just one year old, so they have a lot of experience dealing with all the pitfalls and all the opportunities of raising plant-based kids in a McDonald's world. So Corey got into the plant-based world because his wife suffered from UC ulcerative colitis. And when they saw what the medical establishment had to offer, just really nasty drugs that you'd have to be on for life, they took matters into their own hands and looked for other solutions. So after some research, they discovered forks over knives, which led them to T. Colin Campbell and the China study, and then they were off and running. And now, Corey is not only a plant-based dad, he's also a competitive athlete, training six days a week, good for you. And since the diet was working so well for the grown-ups, it just made sense to give their children the same advantage. So Corey has a blog, Lean Green Dad, he's got Lean Green Dad Radio, uh, he's a really smart marketer, great at bringing the message out to the world. And so I'm thrilled to bring you this conversation. So without further ado, Corey Warren, Lean Green Dad, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast. Hey, Howard. I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. This is incredible. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we, were, we were chatting before we hit record about like your audio quality is better than mine. Like, Is uh, it? <laughs> well, you know, we're fellow podcasters here, so we have we have the uh, the appreciation of a good mic and good sound system. Right on, and uh, you know, every, everyone loves listening to to my guests tell their stories, but you, usually mine is the higher quality audio. Of course, <laughs> but, of course. Uh, but uh, here, people are going to have the double treat of of your your sonorous, mellifluous voice and a fantastic story. So I'm very, Ooh, I'm very well, excited. <laughs> I hope it comes through okay. So let's let's just start with like who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, I am a lean green dad, and uh, I started Lean Green Dad about two years ago. And um, our family is plant based. Uh, we are fully whole food plant based diet, uh, and uh, I have three wonderful children. I am a so I'm a husband. I'm a father, and uh, I'm a plant based athlete. And um, I, I love what I do. I love feeding my family this way. Uh, it's it's been a, an absolute treat, and we have a wonderful life here in Orlando, Florida. And um, yeah, it's just it's been a wonderful journey. Cool. So, how, how old are your kids? I have an eight year old girl, a five year old boy, and a one year old little baby. Okay. And have they been um, whole food, plant based their entire lives? Uh, they have, except, well, my daughter was two when we made the switch. So, uh, yeah, no, I guess that would not be correct. It's been about five, six years that we've been plant-based and, uh, we made the switch after my wife was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Uh, we said, you know, right when you're diagnosed with that disease, they say, uh, obviously it's an autoimmune disease as I'm sure you're very familiar with. And, um, you know, they say, well, we don't know how you got it. We're not sure how to treat it. Uh, we're just going to throw this like really intense drug at you and see what happens, which is kind of like most chronic illness these days, right? Yeah. Um, so we were left with nothing but, uh, you know, just it felt like misinformation and just just bad, bad medical stuff. So we said, okay, we're going to try to take this into our own hands. And so under the guidance of our doctor, we made this switch to a plant-based diet and it worked really well for her. Uh, she started seeing some great results, and um, with a combination of her medication and eating this way, we were able to slowly wean her off of that medication that they say you have to take for the rest of your life and get her back to good. And, um, you know, the the disease is something that you'll live with. It's a chronic illness. It's something you'll live with your entire life. You, you can't necessarily cure yourself 100% of this disease once it shows its ugly head. But you can manage it and you can live a perfectly normal life, um, you know, without without taking these intense drugs. But 
the way my wife's disease works is whenever she has a baby, things just get out of whack, crazy. Hormones kick in and it just throws her whole body off. So um, it was after the first baby that the the second you know massive flare happened. The first flare happened uh, as we were starting to get married, a very stressful time in our lives, uh, not eating a plant-based diet. And so the combination of the stress and the way that uh, she was living her lifestyle just kind of welcomed that disease, uh, also being genetically predisposed with it running in her family and stuff. So all those factors combined to create this uh, this disease manifested in her body. And then um, two years later, we had our little daughter. And um, then, you know, things got out of whack again, went into another flare. That's when we made the switch, got her off of her meds. And then, uh, you know, sadly, we just had we adopted our second uh, child, our son, and then our third, we just had about a year and a half ago. And uh, she was doing great, except she decided to breastfeed. And uh, that turned into a couple infections. And when you have infections, you have to take uh, prescription drugs uh, to, to get those taken care of, especially when you're in the amount of pain that she was in. There was no vitamin C dosage that really would have been uh, safe for her to do while she was breastfeeding. And, um, you know, sadly that sent her into another flare. So we are, we're slowly climbing out of it and, um, she's doing great right now. But, uh, that combination of the doctor with his plant-based diet and no more babies, I think we should be in the clear. <laughs> mm. Wow. Wow. So there's a lot that I'd love to, to unpack there. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, well, you mentioned that, uh, you see, uh, ulcerative colitis runs in your wife's family. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so she like she knows people who already have it. Well, uh, people, yes. Um, we we actually started a support group back in 2006 uh, when she was diagnosed, and we we have about 250 people in a support group that come to meetings, and uh, we talk about you know healthy diets and and living a a, a lower stress life and stuff like that. But um, so yeah, we definitely know people, but uh, you know her grandmother was affected by it. Uh, and there's other people in her family that have had, you know, what they would call IBD or IBS, um, maybe not ever diagnosed as anything, but, um, yeah, she received that ulcerative colitis diagnosis and said, oh, okay, you know, this makes sense. And she, she said that it was kind of warning her throughout her college years because, you know, college is when you go crazy. You're, you're at parties, you're drinking, you're eating fast food and a bunch of other stuff. And that is kind of what happened to her. And, um, she said, you know, oh, I had this horrible stomach pain. I just thought it was an ulcer and I went to the doctor and they gave me antacids and stuff like that. And, you know, they're just throwing stuff at you and they have no clue how to fix it. So um, that's that was interesting. So, yeah, we, we did know a lot of people uh, in the family and in our in our circle that had the disease. Yeah. See, that, I find that interesting because, you know, when, when something kind of hits you out of the blue, I think that opens you up more to alternatives. But mm-hmm. so it's really interesting to me that like this, you know, life sentence of living with this chronic incurable disease didn't just make her go, oh yeah, okay. Um, you know, I know what Mm. this looks like. Like Mm -hmm. what, um, like what was the reason for that? You think? Well, well, like, you know, I guess I'm, I'm asking a little bit about like the relationship because I'm thinking like back in, back in the day when I would have a really good idea about what my wife should do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Like, like, Hey, why don't you do this? And here I was, I didn't suffer from it. I didn't, you know, I had the barest amount of empathy for what she was going through. And yet I'd read in a book somewhere and I'm like, yeah, you should do this. Like it didn't right. go, it didn't go well. So I'm kind of no. wondering like how, you know, what was the process <laughs> by which, first of all, you just opened up to the idea that there was another way. Yeah. Well, uh, forks over knives was the, the, the thing that really was the, the start. Um, you know, when you, you read about T. Colin Campbell's, you know, China study that I, I don't know how you can watch forks over knives and, and not even consider a plant-based diet after that movie. That film is so, has such a profound impact on so many people around the country. And, um, that's, that's where it started for us. Uh, it was a Netflix thing. You know, we just happened to turn it on Netflix. And I was already very conscious of how I was eating. Um, and it, just like everybody always says to me, like, I wasn't eating that much meat. Or they always say, like, I'm, I'm not eating that much red meat. Like, because red meat's like the bad one, right? Yeah. But um, 
No, I, I was very aware of what I was eating. I was already eating a diet that was high in fruits and vegetables. Uh, you know, I was a, an athlete, you know, competing at a very high level. Um, not professional by any means, but definitely, you know, working out six days a week, doing a race every other, I don't know, every other month, um, half marathons, triathlons. And I, I saw my, after watching Forks Over Knives, I made a switch. I, I'm very lucky that I can just like turn it on and off. So, oh, give up dairy? That's easy. No, no big deal. So I turned the dairy off and everything improved. Everything, speed, flexibility, strength, everything improved. And then I incorporated more greens and I was recovering faster. And I just felt better and the mental clarity was there. Everything you hear everybody always talk about was all there. And so um, that's when we said, okay, hey, you know what? This, this might work. This might work for the UC, the ulcerative colitis. So we gave it a shot and uh, ever since then, it's just been no turning back. Uh, neither one of us had a problem with giving up meat. We didn't really, you know, inside we're sitting there on our cutting boards in our house. We had just had a baby and we're cutting chicken on a cutting board. And, oh, we got to make sure the water's really hot to wash it off and make sure we don't spread E. coli. It's like, really? Are we, are we really going to worry about this, this bacteria that we can get just from eating this chicken? This doesn't seem right. So <laughs> and just putting two and two together for us, it, it's made a lot of sense. But I know everybody doesn't really work that way. So, um, you know, I, I'd say in that respect, we are very lucky now as far as me being a husband and telling my wife, I mean, we're, we're a team. Um, <laughs> it, we, we just tried it together. Um, I didn't tell her what to do. I didn't say you should do this, but I definitely said, let's watch forks over knives. And after that, we had such a significant change that from the outside, you know, her family, my family, I'd say the family was the bigger impact because we used to share meals around the table and that changed. Um, because you know, the, the nights where they would just get a bunch of KFC chicken and bring it over with the sides and everything, we weren't doing that anymore. And we weren't cooking meat at our house. And then you get the family members not understanding when you try to explain it. And unless you've seen your wife, uh, or a loved one in the hospital with IVs and all these different tests and steroids and everything else thrown at them, it, it really doesn't hit you uh, unless you have one of the other reasons to switch to a plant-based diet. And for us, that was enough for us. That is extreme, not switching to a plant-based diet. That's not extreme compared to <laughs> what we saw. And so the switch was easy for us as a team to make together. Gotcha. Um, I'm wondering if you have, if you feel like you've had an influence on the doctor's who are taking care of her? Have they have they opened their eyes a little bit to to the possibilities of of yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely plant based diet. Absolutely, I think that her GI doctor has had the most uh, change. Uh, at the beginning, we went into into the uh, meetings, the appointments, and they'd be you know seven minutes, ten minutes. He'd just check on you, see how things are going, and throw a prescription at you and walk out. But there was one visit where my wife said, "Stop." I am paying for this visit. I need you to spend some time with me. And I need you to explain something to me. Why do I have to be on these drugs for the rest of my life, quote unquote? And he said, well, you don't, I mean, you don't have to be on them for the rest of your life. This is the deal. And they came up with a plan to wean her off of the drugs. And he said, look, I've heard a lot of great things about this, you know, plant-based diet, vegan diet, whatever you want to call it. I never have any problem with anybody eating more fruits and vegetables. So if it works for you, go for it. And uh, we can wean you off the medication, see how you respond. And if it works, then great. And I'd say that was the biggest change in working with a medical professional. Gotcha. And uh, have you followed up with this doctor? Oh, yeah. He's he's part of our lives. He's our, uh, our partner with this disease and managing it. And, uh, you know, we do regular blood tests and everything. And everything usually comes out pretty well. Like I said, right now we're, we're climbing out of a, a flare. So, um, you know, she's, she's under control, but we are managing it with a little bit of prescription drugs. He knows how we like to operate. Um, but you know, thank, thank goodness we have, uh, Western medicine. I mean, we need Western medicine for extreme acute situations. I mean, you get your arm chopped off, all the vegetables in the world aren't going to heal your, your bleeding arm, you know, your, your major artery that's going to bleed you out. So, <laughs> 
you you need Western medicine to help you out. But these sentences of taking these prescription drugs for the rest of your life, I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, there there's many many chronic illnesses out there that if you were able to change, do one of the hardest things, change the way you live your life and take responsibility for your disease, your illness, then you can do it. And and you can you can change that lifetime sentence of prescription drugs. And uh, and that's kind of the mentality that we had. And it's worked really well for us. And the, the important thing is to work with your doctor on those things. And if you're able to do that, you can win. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's amazing when you think about like, we've got this healthcare crisis and, you know, companies are moving overseas or trying to wiggle out of health insurance. And yeah, like Western medicine in, in appropriate doses and times as, as emergency interventions is like the most powerful stuff ever. Mm-hmm. And we can't afford it because, right. <laughs> because we're wasting all our money on things that we don't need to be spending, you know, put, putting drugs into. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have, uh, our kids have a cold and we take them to the emergency room. I mean, you know, it's, uh, there's other ways that you can handle a cold. Um, now, of course, if your kid can't breathe and he's passing out and turning blue, yeah, okay, you need to go to the ER, or call the hospital, or start CPR. I mean, that's an acute situation, but there's there's alternative ways to, and I'm not talking about you know all these crazy holistic ways, but I, I'm I'm down to listen. I'm down to to try it. Um, you know, taking a little bit of uh, extra vitamin C or something, or even just you know, focusing on getting that, uh, carrot juice, you know, juicing some carrots or eating some carrots. I mean, any way to get a a more concentrated level of vitamin C in your system, if you do happen to get a cold is something like that is great. Now we eat that way all the time. And we, in our family, we carrot juice is not something we drink when we're sick. It's something we drink all the time. And, um, you know, eating an apple is, is something that's normal. And if you want a treat, then you can have a, a sugary apple. You know, it's a, it's a different type of sugar. We don't need to be giving lollipops to our kids every single second they, they want a treat. Um, but uh, at the same time, I'm not that parent that says you can never have a lollipop because one lollipop's going to kill you, you know. Um, the, the majority of the food my kids eat is whole food, plant-based food. And uh, that's what is responsible for keeping them operating at optimum levels all the time. All right. So let, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the parenting aspect. Yes. Um, cause you know, I'm, I'm always interested in like the timing, like how old the kids are, whether the parents are really in alignment, how you deal with all that. So y- your, your challenge was just your, your eldest, right. Who was two years old mm, when you made yes. the switch. Now, yeah, she, yeah, she had you know, tasted bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was she like willful about it or like what what were the what was that dynamic of of the shift? Well, she's very intelligent and even at 2 years old she's very intelligent. And so we explained to her that this was the way that we were going to eat. And uh we didn't look at it as a you can't have this or you can't have that. We just said we will be eating this. And uh, we just took a, a positive spin on it and focused on what we will eat. And, um, you know, it, it, we, tr- we tried to make it her decision. We didn't force her to do anything. But at the same time, they follow your lead. So it's your job to educate them on why. Um, we got books that are out there that are wonderful, you know, plant-based friendly books that talk about the compassion behind caring for animals and things on this planet. Um, we talked about, um, <laughs> she was really passionate about saving the planet, right? She, she loved the fact that if she was not eating a, a cow, she was, you know, she didn't use these words, but you know, she's reducing her carbon footprint, you know, and that's something that's awesome to her. Um, but the, the biggest thing is that if you explain to a child what they're eating, if you explain to them that the chicken nugget that's on their plate was an actual chicken, inherently these kids are like, well, I don't want to eat a chicken. I don't want to eat that. That makes no sense. Something had to die for me to eat it. And you're like, well, that's, that's it. That's all you have to explain. And, and they're done. Um, forget about the nutrition part of things. <laughs> that's an easy sell right there. So there, there's that part of it. But then 
It's also uh, making these foods synonymous with uh, muscles and speed and making you jump higher and, uh, and rewarding them, you know, borderline bribing them. If you are able to drink this entire cup of carrot juice, I will give you, I don't know, an apple with peanut butter. Or even, hey, if there is a lollipop, we got, we've got organic uh, vitamin C infused lollipops at our house. Look, if, if my kid drinks 16 ounces of carrot, fresh carrot apple juice, I think a small lollipop will work. <laughs> you know, it's like choose your battles here. And, uh, and it's always worked for us. They, they are rewarded for eating healthy and uh, taking care of their bodies and positively reinforced over and over again. Show me those muscles, buddy. Uh, sh- wow, you know what? You're really fast today. You must have eaten a lot of broccoli, you know, or something like that. And, and it works for us. That might not be for everyone, but uh, again, I guess we're lucky in that sense. Our kids are- uh, <laughs> Well, I remember, I remember, I don't know how old I was, you know, seven or eight, and I saw the commercial and I was like begging my parents for these sneakers, you know, that were gonna make me like, you know, run like lightning and jump over yeah. creeks and stuff. So it's, it's just, all, you know, all about the marketing. All it's about all about the, the marketing to kids. Um, so, so one one thing that I'm curious about is that, you know, there's in terms of behavioral psychology, there's there's a lot of evidence that like rewarding is a kind of a two edged sword. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you like don't eat, you know, you can't have your ice cream until you eat your peas. Kind of right. tells the kid that the peas are undesirable. Mm. Do you find that you know the the those bribes? Um, are are effective over the long term? That they're lead, you know, that, that they're less and less necessary. That your kids are just sort of eating this stuff intrinsically, or right. or is it still you know, like, you know, when you project out into the future, is is this a a strategy that you you think you're going to maintain? Yeah, it is interesting. I think that uh, that strategy works when they're very very small. Um, but, uh, I'd be interested to hear what Doug Lyle has to say about that. Our good, our friend Doug. Um, but I think that ultimately education trumps everything else. And we consistently educate our children on the benefits of eating this way. And especially my daughter, you know, she is genetically now predisposed to, uh, ulcerative colitis, so we need to keep that gene turned off. Uh, if, we, if we look at all these predispositions we have, uh, genetics is, is not primarily responsible for whether or not we will get these chronic illnesses, in, in, in my opinion and from what I've read. Um, but if we can keep those little embers at bay and never let them spark into fires, then it, that would be a good thing. So explaining that to my daughter and letting her not be not live in fear, uh, but tell her why we eat this way and why um, it will help her throughout her life is an important thing. And and so education trumps everything. All that marketing is fine. And I say you know it'll build your muscles and all this other stuff. That's true. Um, the bribing though that that's probably the lowest um, method of getting them to eat this way that that we would use. Um, and that's that's really all I can say about that. I, I don't plan on continuing to bribe my children, trick them into eating a plant-based diet. I don't think that's healthy. Um, but uh, from time to time, if, uh, if, if they're feeling overwhelmed and they just really want a, a sugary treat for no reason, then I might ask them to consider eating an apple before they eat that to, to really find out, like, are they hungry? Do they just want a sugary taste? Um, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I guess with, with an eight-year-old, it's yet to be determined, you know. We'll have to see how she does when she's a teenager. And ultimately, she's going to have to make her own decision. And it's up to us to, to do the education as she grows and hope that she makes the right decision when she gets older because it's, it is her life and she gets to choose. Yeah. And I, I love this sort of um, the, the dual nature of, you know, not your overt education, but just your examples where you've got kind of the the carrot and the stick together, right? The fear, the mm. stick is like this fear of this genetic disease, but the carrot is like, yeah, you can talk to her about muscles and running fast, but you're living proof of that, sure, right? So that so you get to see like for a lot of people who who try to raise their kids, you know, healthy or plant based or whatever, it's basically fear based. 
Right. Like our culture is basically fear-based around health. Like we don't want to, I don't want to lose it. Right. You know, right. It's, it's all defensive as opposed to I'm eating this way for performance, for joy, for self-expression, for just radical coolness. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's three reasons, you know, that people switch to a plant-based diet. I mean, you know, it's either your health, you have an extreme health condition, uh, like we did, or you care about the planet and you want to lower your carbon footprint, or you have an extreme amount of compassion for the animals. And the great thing about eating this way is all of them are valid choices. All of them make the world a better place and make you feel better. So it's a win, win, win situation. And, um, you know, whatever the reason is, just just consider it. Just give it a try. And we try to create a welcoming, inclusive environment because, you know, even, you know, I, I decide when I use the word vegan and when I use the word plant-based, I mean, um, when I refer to the food that we eat, I say plant-based, but um, the, the lifestyle that we live, it, it can be considered vegan. And it just depends. Uh, some words resonate more with others, but um, we, we try to tell my daughter if she was at school the other day and uh, she had a lunch that was a, a salad, a fresh spinach salad with cucumbers and tomatoes and chickpeas. And uh, we had a plant-based uh, ranch dressing, believe it or not. And she brought it to school and she was so happy about it. She actually helped make it. She, they make their lunches because they're way more likely to eat them if they make them themselves. So they make their lunches every morning. And, you know, she brought it to the lunchroom. She's so happy and she pops it out and this girl goes, ew, that's yeah. disgusting, <laughs> right? And uh, my girl, she's like, excuse me, first of all, do not make fun of my food choices. I love this salad and it tastes amazing. Second of all, mind your own business. You know, <laughs> and, it's like, and that's my, that's my eight-year-old. I think she was seven at the time, but, um, you know, we, we fueled her with, uh, with positivity. And then if a child does ask her about, um, you know, her food, she, she tells them, but we always tell her never to judge other people by the way that they choose to eat. Um, I would hate for her to be, you know, seeing someone with chicken nuggets and be like, "Ew, that's so disgusting. I don't know how you can eat that. You know, that's a chicken, right? I mean, she's not, she's not an eight year old, um, activist, but, uh, she can be silently by doing her thing and, uh, waving her plant-based flag and being proud of who she is, which she is, she's not lacking confidence. That's for sure. Uh, but, um, she, she loves eating this way and, uh, she finds other little plant-based friends in school and they talk and they hang out together. And, um, it's neat. It's neat to see her stay positive about it. And, uh, that's, that's what I try to do. You know, if somebody, somebody comes to me and, uh, they, they want to ask me about the way I eat or ask me the, you know, where do I get my protein type of question? It's, it's, uh, always met with, a a welcoming, positive, uh, talk. And, um, I, I never want to be perceived as someone who, uh, is, is closed off to talking to someone who is, you know, currently eating meat because I, I was that person, you know, um, I was that person prior to, to watching forks over knives and, um, you know, something inside me knew that I should be eating less meat, but I didn't know why. And, uh, then the answers came and the proof was right there. And, uh, you know, running the Ironman triathlon on a plant-based diet was one of the best things I could have done. I finished that race and felt wonderful after, and not many people can say that, you know. Um, I had some, you know, uh, you know, chafing or whatever from just sitting on a bike for, you know, 12, 13 hours. But, um, you know, other than that, I, I felt great. And the body's not even supposed to do that many miles. I mean, look at you, Howard. You're training for ultra runs here and uh, you're, you're eating this way. And I'm sure other than being a little tired sometimes, you know, your, your body is regenerating and, and building muscle and, and repairing itself so you can get out there and train again. And yeah, it's funny. I was, I was watching this video that, uh, that Josh Lajani sent me about this guy, Wally, I can't remember his last name, who, who almost finished the, uh, Western States 100 mile race oh. in 30 hours at the age of 72. Oh my goodness. And like, I was, you know, crying at the end, like he's, you know, sideways and stumbling and he falls down and people are helping him and everybody's cheering and he, he's, he's like a minute and a half over. And so now he's going to run it in 2017 and try to finish. But there was like this really short clip of the aid station and it showed all these like 
white styrofoam bowls full of like M&Ms and cheese doodles oh, no. and, and Doritos. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez. Like, uh. like, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not training. Like I've only been doing this for 12 weeks and I'm certainly not very fast, but when people talk about like their recovery, like I don't understand what they're talking about, mm. like how hard it is and how much pain they're in and how much inflammation. Right. Right. You know, it's so, true. So I'm I'm not the guy who like, you know, ran fifties and hundreds and then changed. I don't have any experience of of feeling that miserable pushing my body. It's like, yeah, this is you know, people are like, Oh my god, that's far. I'm like, nah, it's kind of doable. Yeah, it is. And once you're out there and you're running and you're not uh trying to, you know, break any world records, <laughs> it's it's all good. I mean, my goal was just to finish the Ironman triathlon and I finished it. I felt great after, uh, needed to sleep, but, uh, I did it and I felt great. And that's something I can have for the rest of my life. So I was proud about that. And, you know, being a, a dad, a young dad, my kids were young, one and three at the time I had two and they were one and three. So the hardest part was being awake when they were awake. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, he'd be did training you, all you have day. A, du- a double stroller. Oh yeah. For me, one for me and one for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember running a 5k with my daughter. She was maybe two and a half and I kept on like going one day this, the roles will be reversed. You'll be pushing yes. me. Exactly. Oh, oh, but now my little girl dances now and my son, he does mixed martial arts. Uh, he's training to be an, I guess a little MMA fighter, but, uh, <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't do it anymore, like in high school or anything. It's just like a nice team camaraderie thing right now, but uh, I'm kind of scared. I'm like, oh, please don't get your nice face punched and yeah. stuff. Don't do that, buddy. But you know, like I said, it's his decision. It's his life. He can decide. I know there will be no football in my house, though. There will be no football, no concussions over here. Right on. <laughs> so when did you become Lean Green Dad with a... Beautiful microphone and a uh, a background. <laughs> yeah, lean, lean green dad. Oh, and everybody, you can't see the background, obviously, but I have I have this uh, step and repeat banner that I got that um, was relatively cheap. It was relatively affordable. I don't remember the company, but it was like a pop up ad that I got, and uh, yeah, it printed this great vinyl sign, and it kind of is my background. I for... know, but you know, stuff like that, <laughs> it's weird how that kind of self legitimizes us. Yeah. <laughs> Like I feel I, like when I when I got my my um, preamp, mm-hmm. it's like now I'm a podcaster. It really changed right. the way I thought about myself. This like ninety nine dollar thing on eBay. That's right. That's so, right. So I totally yeah. I totally get it. These little frivolous little impulse buys, yeah. may, you know, are kind of help us define ourselves. It is just funny. I had a I have a celebrities on the podcast, my podcast, every now and then, and I had one on the other day, and they're like, "Oh wow, are you in a studio? Is that, where's your studio located?" I'm like, "No, I'm actually just at my house. This is uh, I'm just a super nerd, and that's a background that I bought, you know." <laughs> but I should have pretended. Yes, we're actually at our uh, recording studio here in Orlando, Florida. No, yeah, right. <laughs> was, I'm at my recording studio here. Where I have to keep waving at people who want to ask me questions. Like, yeah, exactly. Not now. Exactly. Not now. No. no. No, it's all good. Well, thank you for that. No, it's uh, it's been two years. Um, the podcast has been wonderful. You know, we've gotten to speak to all the plant-based all-stars out there. Uh, we had Juliana Hever, the plant-based dietitian. We had T. Colin Campbell. Uh, Rip was on the show. So um, just wonderful guests. And we continue to have actors and personalities and, uh, you know, celebrities, all, all of them with uh, – a plant-based lifestyle kind of in their life or thinking about it uh, or healthy or uh, something like that. So it's, it's been wonderful. Cool. And let, let's, talk, let's talk shop a little bit. Like, how, okay. how do you prepare for, for an interview? Oh, boy. Well, I, I like to try to know more about the person than they do. That, that, that sounds silly, but, you know, you stalk them. Stalk them on Facebook for a solid hour. Uh, stock them on the internet and just learn about them and uh, what they're interested in. And uh, then I, I try not to pre-schedule my questions, right? I don't, I don't want to have like a bunch of questions laid out um, that I need to ask. I do a lot of listening. So uh, listening is probably the most important thing you can do when you're talking to someone. Uh, <laughs> because I mean, early on in my podcasting career, I'd, I'd ask a question and then while they were answering, I would go look at my next question and be like, okay, I got to ask this next. Okay, great. And by the time they were done speaking, they brought it to a close. 
I would go, right, wonderful. Yeah. What, what do you think about this? You know, it's like, oh, come on, people don't talk that way. So, um, you know, finding my own voice and being comfortable with my own voice was something I had to get into too. My wife would always make fun of me uh, because I'd, <laughs> if you go back to episode, we're on episode 80 now, uh, or 80, 80 or 80 nine or something gosh i don't even know of lean green dad radio but if you go on and listen episode one it's like this is a lean green dad radio and my name's Corey. you know (laughs) i don't know what i was trying to do but uh, oh you totally rock the voice though oh please thank you i mean i'm just trying to be you could you could do you could do like you know raceway park ads (laughs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to raceway you know something like that yeah I don't know. No, my wife is the professional voiceover artist. She uh, she plays Dory over in Finding Nemo the Musical at Disney. So she's got like the dream job <gasps> where uh, she she does all that fun stuff. And she was uh, – I always brag on her. She doesn't like me bragging about her. But she was uh, on the Christmas Day Parade on ABC as Dory. She she talked to Jesse Palmer and everything. And yeah, man, she's a big deal, my wife. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I guess, she's I guess, awesome. I guess that helps your kids not eat fish. Oh, no. No fish. That's right. No, I can't eat Dory. No, no, no. Uh, I find some, something that really helped me listen was when I started doing show notes. And then, oh, yeah. So now, now I like, uh, you know, take notes while we talk so I don't have to go back and remember anything. And I find that that helps me. Like, I would, I would like look at my questions and then I would like check facebook and look at emails i was terrible for a while i know i know it's a learning process and uh uh i'm I'm speaking about a a blogging or at a blogging conference coming up here uh at the end of september about trademarking i had a trademarking nightmare happen with my blog early on and um i i started off you know most people don't know this but i started off as iron dad believe it or not Ooh. and uh so, so you, I grabbed, ran, you grabbed iron dad.com uh no i i iron dad.com was bought and parked by somebody who sells domains and they wanted ten thousand dollars for it so i was like forget that so um i added the word real in front of it so i was real iron dad and if you go back to like my early podcast i think it's actually like episode 50 and before it's real iron dad radio and um that was a nickname, you know, my my kids gave me when I ran the the Ironman triathlon, and um, no, I actually received a cease and desist notice from Ironman triathlons, Ooh. and they claimed to own the term uh, Iron Dad, and uh, you know, I did some research, and it wasn't true; they did not own it. But I guess I guess I was having an impact, you know, that hey, I'm getting a cease and desist from Ironman. This is cool. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I talked to some lawyers and I could have fought it, but it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not a, I'm a pacifist. I do not want to have any kind of legal battles or anything like that. I'm like, this is a blog. I'm just trying to help people out. So I decided to pivot and, uh, and change things and came up with lean green dad. And ever since then, the brand has just exploded and people resonate a lot more with that than uh iron dad because you think of iron dad and it's like all about working out and fitness and mm. that that was never what it was about it was just a cute name that my kids gave me and um no it was a great start and uh you know i ran my triathlon in uh in my iron dad shirt but uh yeah no i i just changed it up and lean green dad really encompasses who i am and uh it's it's great i love it i just i just love it i spend every day working on this this blog and podcast and it's a true passion of mine. I'm working on my book right now. It's my first book. So um, it's all written. I've just got to get it designed and uh, shot. Uh, I'm doing a photo shoot coming up here. And uh, now I, I, I'm a brand ambassador for Whole Foods. And I work with a couple other national brands. And uh, that's how I kind of uh, earn, my, earn my money to pay for the blog is uh, representing brands that I believe in and, and speaking about their products. Gotcha. I was going to ask you if like if this is your your full time gig. Yeah, it's not. It's not my full time gig. I am the uh, vice president of a mobile app that's in the final stages of development right now, uh, centered around grocery shopping. Believe it or not, and uh, the app is called Grocerly. Grocerly, and it'll be launching in a in a month or two. So public beta will be starting very soon on that, and it's the world's first intelligent grocery shopping app that auto organizes your grocery list by aisle based on any store you go to. And, um, that's, that's what I do full time in Mm. addition to a little bit of lean green dad. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm also getting 
my personal trainer certification. So I'll be training folks uh, eight hours a week early, early in the morning at my friend's gym. And uh, it's all love. It's all love and, and passion. And then, of course, my real full-time job is being a dad, of course. Right. So is, yeah. is Grocerly going to help me manage Costco? Because I get lost in that place every freaking time. <laughs> Yes, yes. You know, it's 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 fine to go find the jar of peanut butter when your wife says go find the jar of peanut butter. But the problem is the jar of peanut butter is not in the same aisle in every store you go to. And most people shop at at least four stores on average, you know, per every two weeks to get what they need for their groceries. You know, I go to Whole Foods for one thing. I might go to another store for another and another store for another, a specialty item. So uh, our goal is that you have your list and you tell the app where you are. You just say, hey, I'm at this store location. And then, boom, automatically sorts everything and tells you where it is uh, down to the aisle, down to the location, right next to where it is uh, in, in a matter of seconds. And that is a, a technology that is not out there right now. They might give you a general idea. Um, you know, it's in, in the produce section or something like that or um, even, you know, some stores have their own apps that say it's in aisle four or five but, um, you know, not every store app has that. So we want to make one grocery app that is wonderful at keeping your list organized and you can share it, you know, with your wife, with your family member, whoever, and, uh, they'll, they'll have exactly what they need. And, uh, it, it's been great. It's been, whew, it's been so much work and, um, eventually, uh, we'll, we'll have different versions that will enable people to, uh, have their, their offers and things uh, only show things that they're interested in. So if I'm shopping throughout the store, uh, I don't want to see offers for meat. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm not going to buy them. Why would they show to me? So in my profile, uh, I'll be able to indicate that I have a plant-based diet or vegan diet and uh, I will not see anything like that because it just doesn't make any sense. And the but- stores, a lot of the retailers say, oh, we're just going to, we're going to customize a list for you where this is a custom email just for you. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten products that I've never bought my entire life that come to me uh, that I would never buy uh, via email. So yeah, I, re- I remember it was like t- ten years ago. I was working with this company that was doing data mining for loyalty programs. Sure, and how you know, like you'd say, okay, look, I'm kosher, I'm vegan, and like the first flyer is, hey, shrimps on sale. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, we've we've been uh, very fortunate to partner with uh, several retailers out there that um, are open to this. They know that it's a problem. Even their own apps are a big problem. Uh, you look at some of the ratings for some of these apps from the consumers, and they're low, one, two stars. Yeah, uh, and it's really because the same company builds the apps for every store. And um, you know, having an app is one thing, but having it work and having it be a positive experience for the user. And increase the in-store experience. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Uh, a lot of delivery services and stuff like that are taking customers out of the store, and we want to we want to increase that in-store experience. So that's what we're focused on. And uh, in a couple months, we'll be able to launch it to the world. Wow, nice. Hey, can I pitch you on an app that I would like to see in the world that I have no desire to create? Oh my gosh, I, I guess so. Hey, I'm, I'm not I'm not doing anything, so go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got like a hundred like plant-based cookbooks. Yes. Right? I mean, one of the nice bits of being a podcaster is you get like, you know, swag. You get, yes. you know, reviewer copies. For sure. So I've got all these cookbooks and I can't remember where everything is. I would love like if there was a compendium of like every cookbook in the world and like recipes and indexed and ingredients. And I could just go on some app or website and just put a check mark next to all the cookbooks that I own in my house. Yep. And then type, be able to type in and do searchable, um, you know, inquiries for like, okay, what, which cookbook had that hummus recipe that I really liked? Oh yeah. Cause I could go through 12 of them and not find it. It would be brilliant. I am with you. I think that it's uh, relatively easy, too. You just got to get permission from the publishers, of course, which could be a challenge, um, you know. Yeah, until, until there's critical mass, right? Then everyone's begging to get in your database. Exactly. You know, I'm the same way. I'll try folding pages, be like, oh, I got to remember to make this or whatever. I just got uh, Rip's new book, uh, Plant Strong, which is really, you know, my beef with meat uh, redone. And um, golly, uh, every recipe in there, I feel like... <sighs> It's just wonderful. I uh, 
I like to take the recipes and kind of change three or four different things and, and make them my own. Uh, and, and I always give credit where credit is due. I mean, you know, whenever someone inspires a recipe, I always mention them and give a link to their book. But uh, I like to switch it up and make it my own. I just, I took Jane Esselstyn's, um, uh, what was it, Cowboy Biscotti. And I made that uh, some, I added craisins to it, believe it or not, which are kind of a treat. I don't know how uh-huh. healthy craisins are, but you could do raisins or something. Or tart cherries. Oh my gosh! And then adding that to the biscotti just like made it so oh, great. Nice. I think so, I think the whole food cranberries are are uh, are probably better for you. There's like less oil and the oh yeah, the sugar's probably, the beet sugar is oh. probably not fully GMO. Exactly. Yeah. The, you know, craisins are garbage. I uh, just had them in the pantry, and I think I just threw them in there and went. Eh, mm. We'll see. But yeah. I like tart cherries. Those would have been a better choice. Right. So lean green dad, you started out. You was just, you know, you, Iron Dad, running. Like, how did you figure out or discover your audience, and who is it? Ooh, okay. Uh, my audience is busy people. So if you, you, can, you can niche it all the way down, right? So at the, at the, largest, uh, the largest net is busy people. And then you've got busy people who have children, so parents. Then you've got busy people who have children who think that they're too busy to eat healthy. Then you go down even further. Busy people with children who think they're too busy to eat healthy and want to or have heard of a plant-based diet. But they're still stopping by McDonald's, right? They're still stopping through the fast food and they're still going crazy. So um, that, in essence, is my audience. And... Uh, you'll find that my blog posts, my podcasts are relatively short because as a busy parent, and you know this as well, we don't have time. I don't have time to listen to a two-hour podcast. I love I love some of these podcasts out there, uh, but whoa, some of them are two hours long and it'll take me three days to get through that because I got a half-hour ride to the carpool and then I got 30 minutes to take her to dance and then uh, half of that, I'm trying to get her to eat food so she has enough food in her belly to dance. Uh, she's talking the whole time. You know, I love her, but she talks all the time. She's got 400 questions, and I'm going to answer every single one of them. And uh, yeah, then you get home and you're exhausted. So how do you how do you make these recipes and uh, this lifestyle exciting and bite sized? And uh, the way I do that is just by being myself and and uh, listening to what my friends and my audience want and, um, asking them on a regular basis. But if I had to niche it all the way down, that that's it. It's busy people that are parents with young children that think that they're too busy to eat healthy and want to try a plant-based lifestyle. And that is who I wrote my book for. Beautiful. Did you, did you figure that out in advance and just put out the bait that they would be attracted to, or did did you, Kind oh of yeah, disco- discover that. As no, you I knew everything right right off the bat. I just knew it all. No, could, are could you, you kidding could, me? Could you no. tell? Let's go offline. Could you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Howard. I had no idea. I just had people telling me that I sh- I had a cool name and I should do this and put it out there. So I gave it a shot. And like my first posts were like, "Oh, the best plant based frozen pizza out there," and it's like, "Oh, come on," you know, but. Now my posts have like evolved to like how to make a plant-based pizza in 15 minutes that your family will love. That is a whole food plant-based pizza. Um, so it's, it's a little more thought and getting, finding your voice and finding who you are and, uh, stuff like that. And, and it's really worked out. I think that the, the thing that makes me different from other, uh, my other colleagues, um, and you know, there's some amazing people out there where they were all at plant stock where we got a chance to meet and, um, you know, the, the difference is that I say that uh, it's okay, you know, it's okay if you want to take baby steps and you want to uh, slowly get there because it's it's very difficult for someone who is stopping by McDonald's to overnight make the switch to no meat, no oils, everything whole food plant-based. Uh, that That is the goal. I want people to get there and they will eventually, um, but some people are turned off by that. It's either... Uh, it's either A or B and there's no gray in between. That's it. And so I say, come on in, let's try this out. Let me give you a couple brands out there that are wonderful brands that you can kind of wean yourself off of this meat thing. Uh, let, let's, let's get, let's get rid of that dairy. We don't, we don't need that. There's so many wonderful products out there that do not include cows that, uh, taste wonderful. I mean, you've got flavored almond milks, 
you know, I prefer the unsweetened, you know, just keep the sugar down. But if you want, there's, there's almond milk out there. Uh, there's coconut milk, there's rice milk, there's hemp milk, there's oat milk. There's so many different milks now. There's really no reason to be drinking the, uh, you know, liquids of another mammal. I mean, that, that we don't need to do that. And, uh, it's so funny. People tell me like, I, I'm lactose intolerant. And I'm like, yes, you are. All of us are. <laughs> we, we just, some of us just don't know yeah, it. I'm, or it I'm, hasn't I'm bullet intolerant too. Funny, funny thing. <laughs> so hate, hate those. Exactly. No, it, it's, it's a process. And I think that, uh, being open and welcome, especially to busy parents, because you, it's so sensitive. I mean, food is already so personal, right? I mean, look what happened with my family. We don't, we, well, we do now, but we didn't, we stopped eating around the dinner table together and not my, my immediate family talk about my in-laws and my, my mom and dad, but, um, that, that slowly has changed. And my parents are now eating way more veggies. And, um, I'd say my wife's parents are now more aware of the junk food that they eat, the, the, the KFC garbage, you know, the, the fast food and, um, they're, they're making better choices. They're going to places like Chipotle, Chipotle, um, and, uh, and other vegetarian, you know, restaurants that are out there, I say vegetarian because they wouldn't dare put vegan uh, or plant-based on their, uh, their, uh, sign signage. But, um, you know, there's a, a chain out there called, uh, Mayo's, M-A-O-Z. Uh, have you heard of them? Oh, I've eaten, I've eaten, uh, their, their falafel in New York. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's my sinful treat is something cooked in oil. Exactly. You know, and look, look, oh, wow. Howard ate oil. Like you, you can't do this podcast anymore. Like you, it's over now for you. You know, that, that's, that mentality is. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll edit that part out. So it's, <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't let that shit out. Of course. No, you can't let anybody know. Um, uh, but you know, that, that's the thing about it though, is that that is not how you eat most of the time. Every now and then, every once, every quarter, every four months, you might have something that has a little bit of oil in it. Uh, yeah, okay. my, my, my Maos trip was, um, I was in New York city like in July and I'm such a cheapskate. I can't take public transportation. Oh my gosh. So, so I was downtown like at, uh, at the new school and yeah. I, and I was, and I was staying at my sister's place on the upper West side on 99th street. Yeah. And so it's like a six mile walk and I happened to walk past <laughs> Maos <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I, I, like there's nothing near me like you know all right yeah. so like once a year and i'd lived in israel and so i'd eaten at those places all the time and i right know, yeah it was you know and and as it turned out it didn't kill me and <sighs> and it didn't trigger this incredible binge where i'm yes. like deep frying every day so now i'm sure it's set in your stomach for a little too you're probably like holy cow for, for this for four miles but yeah <laughs> but then you walked it. Yeah, off. by the time I passed the Beacon Theater, I felt better. <laughs> Wonderful. There you go. Well, I love their juice. You know, they have uh, everything. You're right, though. Everything there is in oil. I mean, oh my gosh, the broccoli. I feel like you could squeeze it and <laughs> oh, some of it. I'm like, you're ruining the broccoli. Just, just I, put a little seasoning on it if you want, but don't dip it in the oil. But oh well. Yeah. Anyways. So, but, I, yeah. so I have another question for you, and um, I'm, I'm guessing like you're in your 30s. Is that I am. I'm 35. 35. So, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to, so like my, you know, my first child was born when I was 30. And so, right. you know, so, so sort of on the same type of trajectory. Um, but I think you're a lot more together and mature, <laughs> certainly than I was, you know, probably than I am. But, Lovely. but like one, one of the things that like when I decided to like be a public persona around a, a particular way of living, a diet. And I started this website, FitFam, mm -hmm. that was basically trying to do what you were doing, but I never figured anything out. And I ended up selling the domain name for $5,000, which, nice. which made, which allowed a whole bunch of things to happen like two years ago that would never have happened otherwise, but I still miss it. Yeah. But like one thing I noticed was like being that guy talking about raising a fit family it really kept me on track and it made me mm -hmm. honest. But at the same time, I felt like my, the way my kids behaved and talked was this terrible reflection on me. Like I got nervous. Like I started putting pressure on them when it was a total ego thing. Mm. And I'm wondering, have you have felt any of that? And how, you know, 
whether hmm. whether there's like you know well this is my daughter of the lean green dad and what if you know yeah well um we have a friend that is a performer uh, for the USO. She travels around and helps busy families in the military. Her name's Julie Frost. You should look her up. She's awesome. Anyways, uh, Julie just wrote a song based on our family. And she contacted us the other day. She's like, I wrote this song. It's called Lean Green Eating Machine. And I want to make a music video because it's sung from the child's perspective, right? And it's this young girl who sees her dad every day making smoothies and all this healthy stuff. And, you know, she just gets it and like, okay, that's cool. But he has so much energy all the time and how does he do it? And she grabs her chips and heads to school and she feels a little bit sluggish and slow. And uh, she ends up asking her dad, hey, dad, where's the source of all this energy coming from? And he says, well, just try this green smoothie, you know, and she tries it and she feels great. And then she turns into a lean green eating machine. And that that was just like such the biggest the biggest honor ever and so we're going to shoot a music video that's going to star our family and uh we're going to put it out there so i don't know when that's going to happen but who knows oh, that's um, awesome. but i have found that putting my children on the video um and i pay them i pay them if they're in a video so we don't have allowance we have commission like if you work you get paid and so my daughter you know i, I get paid you know, I, I, I receive compensation from my sponsors, you know, whether it's Whole Foods or, or um, you know, Noble Juice or any other uh, juice brands out there, a couple of juice brands I work with. But um, I, I think they should receive money. So I pay them five bucks, especially my daughter. She's like a spokesperson. She's incredible. So she goes on the video, hey, guys, it's Izzy from Lean Green Dad, and today we're making a green smoothie. Here's what we're going to do. And I'll walk her through the steps, and she does it all. And I find that those videos get way more hits than me talking about anything because they're adorable, you know, and um, they want to do it. I don't force them to do it. Uh, they review products. They talk about things. And I think that um, I, I'm not worried about what they say. If they do say something funny or ridiculous, I, I do an outtakes video. My son, we were making a, a, a protein powder smoothie the other day. Uh, it was a post-workout protein smoothie. And he just wasn't with it. I don't know what it was. Uh, so I'm sitting there talking to him like, okay, buddy, uh, this is what you need to say. Hey, guys, my name's Roger from Lean Green Dad. And it's like, and he just freezes. You know, he freezes and he looks just silly. And I'm like, buddy, are you with me right now? And it's like, yeah, sure, hold on. What, do you want me to press the button now? And it's like, all right, cut. You know, and so I did these outtakes and it was really funny. But um, I think that I'm, I'm never worried about what the kids say. I'm never worried about how they're going to react. Uh, they are their own people. They do their own thing. And I'm proud of them. Um, I don't know. I mean, Howard, man, it's like with ego, ego is one of those things that uh, you try not to, uh, to let it get the best of you. You just try to try to focus and, and be as po positive as possible. And uh, I just live my life just, trying to do the best I can to help other people out. And uh, that, that's really all I can say about that. No, I'm not worried about how my kids, uh, how my kids speak. I mean, my, my son says the craziest stuff ever <laughs> uh, just to get reactions. I mean, the other day we were walking by a school administrator and he was like, my dad put me in a headlock yesterday. You know, <laughs> And it's true because we were playing around and wrestling, you know, but uh, he's five and... I, I can't tell him, son, don't tell people that I put you in a headlock, you know? <laughs> uh, so we just try not to wrestle anymore around the house because I don't want him to be telling people that I'm beating him up or something. <laughs> but that's it. Cool. Well, so um, for folks who want to follow you and and watch your videos and find out about your, your book and all that, how, where do they go? Well, uh, leangreendad.com is our website, and then we are at Lean Green Dad on all of our socials, so Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube channel, uh, got all that kind of stuff, and uh, it's great. We, we update it regularly, and uh, we push out a, one podcast a week and about three, three or four blog posts a week, so we're, we're busy here. We do a lot of... Uh, a lot of posting, and uh, there's always something new and exciting. And the book is going to be great. I'm so excited about it. Uh, it's do you have, you have if, a do you have a title? Um, it, it's going to be called Lean Green Dad as of now. The publisher might change that, but we'll see. 
Um, but it is 15 plant-based dinners that you can make in 15 minutes or less that your kids will love. And uh, it's, it's only 15 recipes on purpose because, again, as busy parents, we do not have time for a book with 150 recipes. And um, typically, out of those 150 recipes, what do, you, what do you pick? You've got like three, four that are your go-tos, right? Yeah, it's crazy that like, we, we really want a, a, a very circumscribed limit. Like, just give me the basics. But, yeah. but it's hard to get people to pay for, for it is like like oh yeah seven thousand recipes in this giant compendium like yeah I'd pay seventy bucks for that yeah yeah no I I love my plant based books but just like you said I mean I've got Rich Rolls Plant Power Way I've got the Forks Over Knives for Kids book I've got uh, uh, Dr Esselstyn's book uh, the How to Reverse Heart Disease. I've got them all, and they're they're great, and I love them. Uh, Happy Herbivore. I mean, all of these books are so wonderful. But uh, I I probably have my go to recipe, two or three of them from each book, and so I just wanted to make the meals that I go to when I come home after dance, after MMA. Everybody's exhausted. They need food, and they need it in fifteen minutes. What am I gonna do? And those are the meals that I have. So I have recipes like uh, you know meatless meatball subs that are made from uh, actually Engine 2 uh, bean patties, the kale and white bean patties, and then we marinate them in some uh, um, Engine 2 sauce, uh, the marinara sauce, wonderful. Put them in a whole wheat bun. Oh, it's just amazing. And then, um, gosh, I mean, you know, we've got a tofu fried rice that we do in 15 minutes. And uh, it's just, it's great food that I eat on a regular basis. And... um, yeah, it's it's inclusive. It's for everybody. It's for people that uh, want to try a plant based diet and don't know where to start. I know. I was I was going to say it's like it helps if you have kids. Like you can justify eating this stuff. that's like this real like delicious kid friendly comfort food. But I'm thinking mm. I wouldn't mind a little of that for lunch today. Exactly. No, it's it's great stuff. I mean, it's it's written to the parents, and the the beginning part of the book is kind of our story and. Uh, you know, why I did this. And, uh, you know, we talk about Jen and her ulcerative colitis and kind of the the reason that we made these changes. And um, then just kind of go into, we even mentioned brands. I mean, we mentioned brands by name because there's just some brands out there that are doing it right. They They care about the environment. They care about the way they produce things and they have their sustainability practices in place. And, um, you know, I call them out and, and tell them how great they are. So even even if you you know, there's people that say, oh, I just, I just couldn't give up cheese. You know, I have a substitute for you that will melt like your cheese that will taste great. And, uh, it might have a tiny bit of oil in it, you know, some non-GMO expeller, you know, pressed canola oil or something. And, and eventually you want to get off of that. But as you're transitioning, you know, give this a shot. And, uh, my, my thing is, is eventually if you can, eat this way, you know, three to five days a week. Uh, the rest of the time, you know, do what you will. I don't want to hear about it. But eventually, you won't want to eat the way that you've been eating because you're going to feel the difference. You're going to feel how great you feel. You're going to feel how light you feel after you eat a full meal. You don't feel bloated. You don't feel like your belly's distended. And, uh, you know, you just, you'll want more. And uh, your body will start craving kale and craving greens and craving, you know, fresh fruits and veggies. And that's what it's all about. So, uh, yeah, that, that's it. Awesome. Like, when, when's it coming out, roughly? Oh, gosh, we've got a photo shoot next week. Uh, let's say early 2017. That's er- what I would say. Early 2017. Okay, so in the meantime, you know, beans and rice, kale, smoothies, <laughs> juices, bide your time, hang in there. <laughs> And Lean Green Dad will be to the rescue in just a few months. Yes, busy parents, hold tight, and uh, you'll start the new year with a new a new you. Awesome, <laughs> it's been fabulous chatting with you. I'm so excited for everything you're doing. I'm so impressed. You know, like you 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 remind me of of what I was trying to be 15 years ago and not knowing how to do it. So I'm 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 so grateful that uh, that you've you know, you're, you're figuring it out and that you're, you're in the world making this, this gift of your knowledge, experience, and passion for, for all the busy parents out there who want to do the right thing and just don't know how. 
Oh, thank you so much. You know, in the end end of the day, I'm just a dad that's trying to do the best that he can for his family. And that's what every dad should do is uh, take care of his family. And if, if I can do that through food, then I'm all for it. And thank you. Thank you for being one of those plant-based champions out there and uh, keep on running. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch as we continue to push this message out there and help as many people as possible. Right on. Thanks so much, Corey. All right. Have a great one. You too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes with links and more at plantyourself.com slash 179. If you're new to the show, you can catch up on 178 archived episodes over at plantyourself.com, where you can also sign up for the Plant Yourself semi-weekly, sometimes weekly newsletter. I include links to original articles, recent episodes of my weekly Tribe Well TV show, and more. Thanks to Plant Yourself podcast patrons, Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Elizabeth Clifton, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherly, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa... Ah! Melissa Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Janville Kenofsky, David Bizek, the Mysterious Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolomanova, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Holt, Josina, and Julianne Rowland for your generous support of the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can share this and other episodes on social media via email. You can write a review on iTunes, or <laughs> you could uh, do what Clay Garrett did. And he wrote to me and he said, you know, your cover art for your podcast isn't quite up to snuff. And instead of just complaining about it, he actually sent me a beautiful new cover art design, which you can see if you're you know, doing this on iTunes or I don't know where else you can see it. I think it also appears on Google Play and other places like that. So, wow, man. Thank you so much, Clay. I'm far too much of a cheapskate to pay for art, as my wife will tell you. <laughs> But uh, when it comes this way with uh, the force of all the generosity of the universe behind it, I simply have to smile and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. So in garden news, <laughs> we have a, uh, a new creature on our property for a little while. My daughter bought a bus. She bought a school bus, which she's planning on turning into a tiny house. And right now it's created a giant divot uh, next to the wood chip pile, next to the driveway. And... Uh, it doesn't quite look bucolic, but I can't wait to see what uh, she and her industrious friends do to it to uh, to make it a uh, a rolling tiny home so she can have a tiny footprint and lead a beautiful giant life. That's it for this episode. So as always, be well, my friends.